Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in February of 2021. And welcome to episode 36, Subitizing. Or, or is it subitizing? subitizing. <laughs> I say I say subitizing. I say subitizing, yeah. but it's that old tomato tomato thing, right? For sure. We want to give a shout out to my friend Tony on Twitter. She's at TM Chip. She engaged with us on our episode 33, where it was tools, models, and strategies. Yes. She replied and put, We'll never forget, quote, let me get my tools out, end quote kindergartner during number talks pulling fingers out of pockets that's the cutest thing. oh my gosh and then she hashtagged it let them use their fingers yes please, please. let them use their fingers it's fine that's why the, they're for their their nature's manipulative i have to tell you though what a 180 for me because when i first started teaching it was yeah. for me even telling my middle schoolers but why are you using your fingers? Put your fingers away. I have literally done a 180. Yeah, I agree. Because I know the research now. Listen, I still use my fingers sometimes. So do I. You know, sometimes it's just, I- I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> or I need to make sure that I'm at it right. Yes. <laughs> fingers come out. The fingers come out. And there is nothing wrong with no, that. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reflection for this week. Yes. A listener reached out to us sent us a private message, mm-hmm. and we've been c- conversing with her lots. She can't wait for us to have a book club on I know. Google we're, Meet. We're working <laughs> on it, Chris. We're working on it. But she said, you know, when you say something like, I like the way you... Going back to... Yeah, going back to a previous episode, mm-hmm. that it also implies that you don't like something. Like, yes. I don't like this. I like this, but I don't oh, like this. You're right. And she was right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that got me thinking, and I just want to say thank you for yep. Chris for you know saying that, bringing that to our attention, because now this gives us something else to think about and really think about our language. Yeah. So it's changing it from I like to I noticed how you. Yes. Or you had one. Yes. I actually today used it in a second grade class where I did not say I like the way you because I read her DM. Yeah. I said, tell me more about that. Oh, that's good too. So thank you, Chris, for getting us yes, thinking about that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Our good news today, it, it was the 100th day <laughs> on this. Wait, that means only 80 more. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it, literally, it is the longest year Ever. 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 So I guess I mean, it's great that we're at the 100th wait day. Wait till May. We're going to be I, like, oh I'm dying. My. I'm dying. And then no, in June, June. I know. June is going to be. I know. But our state testing is in May, isn't it? Yeah. Like the bulk of it yes. this year is in May. Yes. And really. And state testing is necessary. Don't you know? 
Oh, you have to share that official memo with our listeners. Oh boy, from FLDOE. Yeah, they <laughs> made a. No, just just read it. Just... Okay, all right. Here's the statement. Do I start at the beginning? Uh huh. Today, Florida Department of Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran issued Emergency Order 2021-EO-01 regarding state assessments. He stresses the need for statewide assessments this year to measure progress and determine what supports might be necessary. Is and that the end? It talks about the testing window. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I have to find his Twitter handle and tweet him and tell him every almost everyone is going to be behind. And what do we need? We need certified teachers yeah. who know the content and know how to quote deliver and i don't mean lecture deliver the content in a way that students understand yeah there i just saved our state what a billion dollars for all the testing probably more yeah we we also need the testing to go away like for real that's forever because it's time and there's so much time that's invested in these tests and everything else, like the ripple effect of the tests. Because it's not just, you know, I think community members don't really understand how much time is being used for test prep Mm -hmm. and for just everything that goes along with the standardized testing. Finland, Denmark, the the Nordic... Don't do it. They do it at the end of right, school, like right. like the 12th grade or something. And, you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with someone who was from the area. And, of course, I'm not from here. I'm, you know, Canadian. I grew up in Canada. I did my university, college, all that mm-hmm. in Canada. And she was asking me because she was saying how SAT and ACT Ugh. maybe is going away. Oh, please, God. Right? And I feel like if that goes away, then it'll start yes. to trickle down. So really, that's that's like what we have to kind of push for. Mm-hmm. Because once that goes away, if it does, if we could ever get it to go away, then that it'll start to trickle down. But she was asking me, you know, if you never took the SAT and the S, because I didn't. Right, because you didn't have to. I didn't to have to. to get into university. Right. She said, what did they, how did they base your right. admission right. on? Like completely puzzled and could not Wrap fathom them right. the fact that there wasn't a test mm-hmm. to determine whether or not I could go to university. How and did they determine it? Just my grades. Your grades. My grades from the last four years. Right. So it wasn't on one day's assessment. Uh-huh. It was a, like, you know, progression of, or whatever, a, a, a much larger snapshot of my actual academic and student career. Okay. Since we're asking for the world, and I'll settle for a continent, because that's the little mantra my mom, thanks mom, told me a long time ago. That's, we're asking for the world to make all state testing go away. But if I settle for a continent, that would mean, how about maybe, I don't know, fifth grade, you do ELA testing. And maybe eighth grade, you do a math test. And maybe 10th grade, you do a writing test. How about let's just spread it out and not make it so stressful for these babies. They're Eight yeah. years old people when standardized testing yeah. begins. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. 
That's not right. It's I'm, not right. I'm fired right I, I know. I know you are. I can see it. Yeah, it's, but it's not right. It's not, that's not no. fair. And they have to take more than one. And if they fail, they fail that grade. I mean, there's just so much inequity in it. Oh my god! And gosh. there's so much out of teacher's control. Yes. Uh, it's, it's just it's, like holding the dentist accountable for how many cavities a kid has. Yeah. Or the doctor, hold the doctor accountable for how many sick patients they have. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same idea. It, it doesn't make any sense. So listen, uh, let me save Florida a whole bunch of money right now <laughs> and just say, let's not do standardized testing again. And guess what? Our kids are going to learn. Yeah, probably and we, more. We, we talked about this. Like, how many more life skill things have they learned in the past almost year now? Yes. We've been doing this for almost a year. Yeah, they have. All right. Well, we should probably get started <laughs> okay. in today's. Wait, wait. I did have one more reflection. I did too. Oh my gosh, that was the re- that was the reflection. Okay, we're not even done with our reflections. My reflection is in episode thirty-four, avoiding the ineffective keyword strategies. One thing that we brought to the forefront of our minds was reading the question first in a word problem. Yes, I've been doing that this week. Yay! And wow, I hear a difference. So if I hear a difference. I'm sure eventually the students are going to hear the difference because I'm reading the question first. Right. How many buttons did so-and-so have or whatever the question was. Yeah. And then I read the little story. And then the second time I say, close your eyes, make a movie in your head. Right. I read the question first again. I read the story and the question again at the end. And then the third time I say, open up your eyes. I read the question. I start giving them little bits of information from the word problem. I'm not, I haven't changed anything. I'm just yeah. giving it to them in smaller chunks. And they're drawing out a model. That's or awesome. giving me some kind of visual representation. Not just abstract numbers. Yay. Mm-hmm. That's so good. It's funny that you mentioned episode 34. Because I was also thinking of that. And how ineffective keywords. The keyword strategy really does not work. We had a question in fifth grade where the students used all four operations to solve. Like you could use addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division to solve it. Wait, you had to use all four? No, no, no. Or you, you could. could. <gasps> you could. It was one of those moments where I'm like, you see, it's all about making sense of the problem. Oh my gosh. We, you have to get me that. I'll find, and I'll find we, it. We have to put it in the I'll show put notes. A picture, yeah, we'll put a picture of it in the show oh notes. My but gosh. they really did. I don't think I took a picture of their work after our conversation. Right, right. And I think, I, I, well, I know. I know that the problem was actually designed to be a division problem right because it's in the division unit yes <laughs> however we did we used wow. repeated subtraction and then you flip, flip it, it and you just do repeated addition uh-huh, or yes yeah, or multiplication wow. and we did we showed all four ways and that's what i said i said you can't be looking for keywords oh my gosh because of course the episode was fresh on my mind yes I'm like, you can't be looking for keywords here. You just have to understand what is going on in the problem. Wow. Yeah. Let's get into today's episode about subitizing. Subitizing. No, subitizing. It's <laughs> subitizing to me. Uh, me too. We're going to give you the definition from Jennifer Bay Williams and Gina Kling's Math Fact Fluency book. And they say that subitizing is to recognize a quantity without counting the individual items. Example would be like a dice 
when we see five, we know it's five. We don't have to count each all dot, pips. All, all the, the pips. pips. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that that's, it's five. We know that amount. And you reminded me that my friend Teresa was the first person to introduce me to subitizing. And I, now I have to go back in my memory. It's a solid at least 10 years ago at our local preschool math conference. Yeah. And I had never heard of it before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... It pops up everywhere after that. Right. You know? Right. And I also want to say that it's not before we lose some maybe listeners because, ah, this is oh, a K, is, right. K1 or two. It's for the little ones. Mm-mm. No, it really is not. I mean, it starts in K. A hundred percent. Or even preschool. Yes. For sure. Well, yeah. Even before they come to school. Yes. It should be starting. It, it should be starting. Should be. But it really is something that should be done. All the way yep, up. Yep. Keep even going. Even into college. At, even after fifth. Yep. There's some great, and we're going to discuss some of the resources that are out there that you can use to bring subitizing into your classroom, no matter the grade level. Yep. The first way you can bring subitizing into your class is by using the same book that I just referenced, <laughs> yes. uh, the Math Fact Fluency book, are just games using dice and dominoes. And those are really, that's the first exposure, hopefully, <laughs> to, to dots and and amounts and numbers yes, and, quantities. and quantity. I have to share the story with yes. the listeners, what happened this year. It was probably November. I started working with two first grade students. And I always bring dice with me, no matter where I go. And I had these two dice with me. You realize now that when people see you, they're going to say, let me see your dice. <laughs> just, I'm just throwing that out there now. All right. You've put it out in the world. Okay. Well, yeah. you know what? There's probably some in my purse, too, now that I think about it. I wouldn't be surprised. You've set yourself up. I think there's one in my car as well. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. All right. You're right. You're right, though. Okay. But I do love dice. I have a little collection of all different kinds. Do you remember oh, when we were in Texas? Yes, in Texas. I got Harley At Davidson the Harley Davidson store. Yes, I remember. And we got Oh, the, and the mm, cashier. Bless her baby. Oh. Little, we had a little one-on-one math lesson. Yes, because mm-hmm. the I think the machine was down. It couldn't it couldn't tell her how much change but to get I back. But then I threw the extra nickel at the oh, end. Oh, and then she was like, I can't. Completely gone. Anyway, yes, it was right. like two ninety seven or something, and I gave her three oh five or something like that. But yes, I do love all kinds of dice. So anyway, let's go back to this story. I brought out the dice, and I said to the boys, "All I'm gonna, you're just gonna roll it. Tell me how many, yeah, are on the die." I said dice for them, and you're gonna figure out which one has the greater number, yeah. right? Just more. Just I'm just right. going for more right, right now. One of the kids legitimately did not know how to roll the dice. Now, when I say roll the dice, I even mean pick up the dice. What? So I said to him, pick up the dice. He literally took his index finger and his thumb over the dice and picked it up. Like pinched it. Like pinched it. And I'm like, in my head, and I'm sure, now I have a mask on, but I'm sure my eyes said a big story right there. And I was like, what are you you doing? Like in my head, I'm 
Like, no, honey, roll the die. Or roll the dice is what I said to him. And he just put it back down. Oh, my gosh. And so I said, let me show you how to roll a dice. This was second grade? This was first grade. First grade. First grade. So I showed him how to pick it up, but then put it in the palm of your hand, shake it around a little, and let it go a little. Not too, too far. My goodness. Uh Uh-huh. So please, if you have friends that have little kids... Well, not just little kids, because that (laughs) story I've I've told you with, you know, my son's friend in fourth grade that could not subitize on the dice. Please buy dice and dominoes something, yes, for kids and play games with them. Yes, yes. That's going to be your first line of defense. Yeah. You know that whole birth to five read, you know, on initiative yes. games. we need to do games yep <sighs> yep our second way to bring subitizing into the classroom is one of our favorite things to do number, number talks. talks at the very beginning of number talks the number talks book by sherry parish there are a bunch of dot cards and it says kindergarten it does but However. you and i were looking at some of them <laughs> and I mean, to me, those are not kindergarten level kind of cards. I mean, they're so engaging. And I don't mean the ones with just the one dot or the two dots. But when there's multiple dots in, quote, strange ways. Yes. And you can see them in different. Conversations. Yes. You and I were like, oh, I saw. And I was like, oh, I saw. Yeah. You saw six. Right away. I saw four. And four. But. But they weren't four and four because it was really six. It was four and two. But I just kept seeing four. You know what yes. I mean? Like back and forth. Well, is that same one where it was that five and five and that overlap right. of those right. two dots? And then, yeah. And then the other way was to, I, and then I, as I studied it more, then I saw right. five. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Fascinating. It is. It, it is. And so the questions really are, how many dots do you see? And how do you see them? Yes. That second question is what brings everything out. Right. So it's not like you just flash it and put it down. And when I say flash, I literally mean, yeah. you know, one second. Yes. Flash, put it up, put it down. They don't get to count. That's not the point. The point right. is to know that group of numbers. Yes. Or that know that quantity right away. Yes. Without having to count. Right. But when they get more complex, they will have to add. Right. Right. They'll have to see parts and then add them together. Which is easy to do on the smart panel. I'm not lying. Yeah, you're right. Because I I circle things and then I I always take a picture with my camera. Yes. And then I erase it and then we could talk about more or have multiple things of the same dots. Right. After... They've said how many are on there. Yes. You know? Yeah. Another book I want other people to know about for the higher level kids is Making Number Talks Matter by Kathy Humphreys and Ruth Parker. And it's geared toward grades 4 to 10. But honestly, 11th, 12th college. Yeah. I am not kidding. Adults, like, use them. It's so interesting. Yes. Number three is Subitizing Slides by Steve Wyborny. Steve. We love Steve <laughs> and everything everything Steve Wyborny, everything he creates is just magic in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's 100 subitizing slides yes. already just sitting Done. there on his website. Done. Mm-hmm. And free. <laughs> 
and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that we are we are but i also want to say that it, it for the next step if you're if you're ready to take the next step into you know oh, using subitizing yep. and seeing it in a different way and just your kids are ready to go to that next step mm-hmm. use splat splat is excellent for that oh my for using those subitizing skills there was one uh two last year that i used and i remember because they were sitting on the carpet when we did it but i miss kids sitting on i the know carpet. and close to each other and turning and talking but anyway. i still miss hugging people i know i know you do <laughs> um when when i showed it mm-hmm. they were counting one by one Ooh. fifth graders counting one by one yep. all the dots and i'm like okay how can we do this more efficiently yes and then i said how can you maybe see it in a different way that you don't have to sit there and count 38 dots one by one mm-hmm. and they're like well we can count by twos and i'm like uh, yeah yeah okay yeah and you're like <laughs> in your head you're probably like sweet jesus but but like, look at this group right here doesn't it look like five <laughs> like do you recognize this on a dice right again going back to dice dice yep Ugh. but once they saw it then they started seeing it again and again okay. okay it was just making those connections which i feel that students don't get the opportunity no to make connections enough no teachers are making them for it or teachers aren't yeah that's true too i'd kind of rather a teacher make the connection for the kids then not even not even talk about it. Yeah. I mean, yes, I want the students to make the connections yes. for sure. Yes. <sighs> okay. The fourth one, number four, Math Flips by Berkeley Everett. Berkeley. These are so, 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 so good. <laughs> so I, I mean, good. so much, so much better than flashcards. So much better than than you, all of those, I don't know, just just naked numbers out there. Mm-hmm. This really contextualizes it and gives them a visual and... You know what I think? I think that if you want to use flashcards, use one of these sets yes. that we're giving to yes. you instead. Or have them make the flashcard. Right. Let's move into our fifth one because Wait. that... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> the other thing I like about those math flips is that they are all connected, right? There's a right. he has sets where they're connect. The sets have a a common thread, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out what is the commonalities between them. You mean like a notice and wonder? Yes, <laughs> and that they build on each other. Like one A is oh build, connected, connected to, to one B. B, right? Yeah, it's so good. And we don't mean the number one. We mean like. We don't mean set, one dot. Like right, card set, one. Right, like card one. Right. Well, that helped me make the connection with our fifth one, which is... Multiplication Subitizing Cards by Graham Fletcher. Okay, so let's go back to flashcards. Because yes. one thing that is on Graham's site is, let's say, a set of, you know, 10 frames with a picture kind of thing. Yeah. And of subitizing. And then it'll say a multiplication fact, the commutative property of that multiplication fact, and then some other kind of grouping picture. So all four of those are connected. Or you can even play a memory game ah. where, you know, find the match. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I did that at our old school. Nice. Well, yes. Two schools ago. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
And the last one that we wanted to talk about was um, Christina Tondevold's Supertizing Cards. Christina. I feel like I know. I mean, I, I've met Graham, but I feel like I've... And I, you know what? I have met Steve. I found a picture oh, yes, you did. of him and I. Mm-hmm. But so Berkeley... Oh, and we've we've met Jenny Bay. Yeah. Oh, yes, I have. Yes. Met, I even... The book is autographed. Yes. Yes. So we still need to meet... I need to meet Sherry and Berkeley and Christina. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> No, I mean that was I think that was it. Her cards are on her website. Yep. Also, she has supertizing cards. They're done, ready made. We're going to link all of this yes. to the show notes. But let's make the most important point, point here out of all of this. I, I want to well, emphasize maybe, maybe it's not the most important, but, but it's, it's it's pretty, pretty important. important. I want to emphasize do not pay for these resources. Do not. Do not Go to websites where you can pay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just sneezed a little bit there. <laughs> and download these. And don't, don't, just don't do it. You don't need to. It's you just don't not. Need to. It, it's really not necessary. And every single one of these people, there is a process behind yes. these cards. Yes, it's not. I'm just going to pull this number out of the right, air. Right. There's reasoning behind all of yes, these. Yes, connections and trial and error. And exactly. Trying it with kids and, and in a classroom. It's not just let me make it pretty and throw it up and, and make charge. $3 or $5 or $20 <laughs> um, on on this work that I've borrowed. <laughs> borrowed. Nicely borrowed. <laughs> Stolen. It's really... It's right. stolen from other right. people. So just know these resources are free. They're mm-hmm. there. They're available. And they are fantastic. Now, if you do want to purchase more, we would recommend going to Sherry Parrish's Number Talks book. And they have a set of reproducibles that you can download. I, I think when I bought it, it was like $25 or something, which I did. Yeah. Because at that time, that's all I had. Right, right. Right. However, it has served me well. Like it was worth my money. Yes. Back, back then. Yes. So. And you can put those on cardstock and. I did that. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Laminate them. Loads. I was just going to say, boy, how many cards have I laminated in my life? All right, so I think we're ready for a challenge, Laura. Yes. Listeners, it does not matter what grade level you are doing. Try it. Try going to one of the sites we put on our show notes. Give it a try with your students. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, and don't you don't have to start at the beginning. Like Laura said, you don't have to start at one dot and exactly. two dots. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't put that in front of my fifth graders. Well, I also wouldn't put you know, 64 dots in front of them. Right. You know, you got to right. figure... I find a, a happy medium, right. find somewhere, and then, you know... You know what, though? Maybe they do need to start at one, because I'm thinking of that little first grader that never picked up dice before. So I guess it all depends on... You know your kids. Yes. You know your students. And this is something that would be so great to do in a small group. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So great. I did that. Yeah. I've done it in small groups. Yeah. Which is very, very powerful. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag LearningThroughMath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.